Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Samech Dalet in Masechus Yervamos. But we'll begin, second line up from where the wide lines, the wide lines on Samech Gimel and Bez. And we're talking about the Sefer Ben Sira. Can we call it the seven habits of highly effective people of its day? Um, we'll talk about the Sefer Ben Sira in a second. How we get to it? Well, we were talking about life hacks, right, yesterday. Uh, marriage, the importance of, of marriage, and all of those things yesterday. And so now we're quoting, once we're talking about marriage, quotations from Ben Sira talking about the topic of marriage. What's Ben Sira? This was written during the Bayes Shani. It was a book written in um, Hebrew. And it read like a little bit, like I said, like a what we would call today a self-help book. A self-help book. Um, the book itself did get lost over the course of time. And a lot of what's included in what we call the Apocrypha, the sub, which is the subject of Rabbi Dr. Schneer Lyman's PhD thesis, to the best of my knowledge, it was a fascinating concept, right? Writ, uh, just written material that didn't make it into, you know, our canon, if you will, you know, before we, you know, without getting too, you know, um, intellectual here, the bottom line is, Part of this reads like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. The, he had a grandson who lived in, in Egypt, and he wrote some of the things, uh, he translated some into Greek. The question as to whether uh, it can be, uh, well, if it were ever found whole, certain parts have been found over the years, which is amazing. Certain portions have been found in Hebrew over the years. Um, it would be questioned whether it would be considered one of these outside works, right, were it to be found whole to be read straight through. But certainly that which is quoted in the Gemara is considered holy and Kaddish and worthy of study. And so we begin. Because of the Sefer Ben Sira. Because it's so funny. It says that. And it says, Isha Tova Matana Tova. So I was looking, you know, as I do. Wait, where, where is that? Is that a quote from a Pasuk? No, that's what it means. It's a, it's a quote from Ben Sira. Obviously, okay. All right. A good wife is the greatest thing. And Bechek Yirei Elohim Tinasen, right? So it sounds like a Pasuk. It says, Uchsiv Levala Tova, Uchsiv Tova, Bechek Yirei Elohim Tinasen, which means that what? That a good woman is sort of like given as a gift, if you will, to a Yirei Elohim. That's what it means. She'll be given to a good man, which is to say, if somebody is a good man, then he'll be Zoha to a good wife. Isharat Saras Lebala, bad wife is, is really the ABCs. Of self-help. A good wife can make your life great. Bad wife can make your wife uh, miserable. And then he says, My takante, what would be the recourse if you have a horrible wife? Well, you divorce her and then the, all the tsaras goes away. Uh, yesterday we heard a different life hack. Get a second wife, which we can't do. But um, that, would be, that would be a different thing. And Isha Yafa Ashrei Bala. And a beautiful wife is fortunate as our husband, you know, whether this means physical beauty or what exactly this means, is it seems to imply that, but we'll see. What does it mean? His days are doubled. It might mean that, and this is uh, our school quotes in Marshall and Sanhedrin, either it's in her deeds, either it's in her physical beauty, maybe she's, maybe his life feels more fulfilled, and in that sense it's doubled. Maybe it's, uh, he's avoiding kares, and therefore, in that sense, it's lengthened. Be that as it may, 
This is what's written in, in the Sefer Ben Sira. And once we've quoted that, now we'll quote other life hacks out of that source of Ben Sira. Says the Gemara. Um, don't, if someone is else is married to a woman, you shouldn't be hanging out with her a lot. You shouldn't, you should conceal your eyes from her because you can get caught up in a whole net. I'll take Bala and don't start hanging out with her husband. Start hanging out and drinking with him. Don't develop drinking buddies and hang out at his house all day. Because for the form of a beautiful woman, uh, nations have fallen. Numerous are those who have been victims to this. Many are the, um, right, the blows that a Rochel sustains. Rochel is a guy, let's say he sells perfume, he sells lingerie, he sells whatever, he's hanging out with women all day, he's in their houses and they're trying stuff on or they're, try, or they're spritzing stuff on. This is Hamargila Midvar Erva, he's just like hanging out in the wrong place, Midvar Erva all the time. Can he totes my vir gachelas? That's like a spark in a, in a haystack. Okay, chluv maleo for a coop full of birds. Or came by same Lamir Ma. So it's a like a bull in a china shop, so to speak. This is how their houses are full of Mirma here technically means deceit. That last phrase is is sort of an allusion to your meow. Uh but basically it's uh it's it's the kind of thing. What's deceitful about it? Well, it's sort of like a self-deceit, right? This guy thinks he's got it under control. And he's the only guy that thinks he's got it under control. Anybody looking from the outside can tell that he's in trouble. Okay? One of those things. Okay, new life hack. Don't worry about tomorrow so much. Anxiety is not productive. You never know what tomorrow will bring. This is like that song. See, I know some songs. If the, the future hasn't happened yet, um, and the past is already behind you, and the present is passing, is just like a passing, um, in the blink of an eye, and therefore, why should we be anxious? Tomorrow, that which you're so concerned about, you know, by the time it comes, you may not be there. So what, you have anxious on, about a world that you're not even going to be in? All right, that, I was learning with Birnbaum, did not make him less anxious when we talked about that, is it? How do you even know if you'll be alive tomorrow? So why should you be anxious about tomorrow? Okay. Furthermore, shouldn't, your house shouldn't be Grand Central Station. Uh, don't bring everyone into your house. Okay. Uh, you're supposed to, I thought, have your house open to, the, to, to, to guests. So uh, Rashi in Sanhedrin explains that it's talking about business dealings and quarrelsome things shouldn't go on in your house, whatever, um, whatever that really means. I don't think it means like you shouldn't be like Rabbi Machlis, although Rabbi Machlis Shlita, uh, that, that's a challenge not everybody could take on, but he had a complete open door policy, right? All kinds of hobos walking through his house. Uh, this is a different thing. This apparently has to do with bringing contentious business into your house, okay? And furthermore, Rabbi Miyu Dorshesh Lomecha, Galei Sod Lechad Me'elef. Fascinating concept. In Ben Sira, again, should have many acquaintances, should be friendly with everybody, but your deepest, darkest secrets you should not share with everybody. You shouldn't be an oversharer in that way because uh, the confidence you should restrict to your closest friends. Okay. 
Fine. Let's get back to Purifu, shall we, Barry? Nine lines up from the bottom. Um, you may have heard this concept. Why should you have as many children as physically possible? Because there's a certain threshold whereby once those Jewish neshamas reach the world, Mashiach comes. So therefore you're hastening the coming of Mashiach. Uh, somehow for a spirit should be born I guess, and I made these neshamas, some sort of correlation between the neshamas and the spirits being born, and that's, that's related to the coming of Mashiach. Tanya, and we learn furthermore in Abraisa, that you should try to have children. Whoever spills blood, his blood shall be spilled, mida connected mida. And and then the next pasuk says that you should uh, uh, participate in peruvu, which implies a correlation that um, that this is in obviously in bracious. So and therefore, except for bracious, and therefore uh, a correlation. If you're not engaged in peruvu, then it's tantamount to shvichas That was Rabbi Yezer. Rabbi Yaakov, however, says kilun He's doing two things. He's doing a different thing. He's like diminishing the Dmus of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, so to speak. Uh, the Tzelem Elohim, if it were, as it were. Shneemar ki betzelem Elohim asa asa adam. Because man was created in, in the image of man. And subsequently, Puravu. So Puravu is juxtaposed to Tzelem Elohim. According to Rabbi Yaakov, according to right, Rabbi Eliezer, it's juxtaposed to Shvich Hasdamim. And therefore he says, um, uh, Rabbi Yaakov says that it's it's a diminishing of the Tzalem Elohim, whatever that means, if you're not participating in Puravu, to which Ben Azai puts it together. Ben Azai, Omer, Kiilu, Shofach, Tavim, Umimayat, Tazanbutz. Right? Shanamar, Vatim, Puravu. In other words, the Tim Puravu is juxtaposed to both sources, that of Mimayat, Es, Hadmus, and Shvichas, Tavim, and therefore Puravu is really um, a violation of both of those things. Now, what is ironic is that Ben Azai himself never got married. To which Chazal responded, They're kind of like explaining it slowly. Some people, they say a good vart, and then they follow it up by talking the talk and then walking the walk. Those who just walk the walk, and even if they don't talk about it, they're But you, on the other hand, saying a good vart, but where is your wife? When, when are we going to see your vart come to fruition? What am I supposed to do? My basherta is the Torah. My, right, my significant other is the Torah. Crazy. After all of this, he's saying, this is something that could be Yes, it's true that he who does not participate in Puravu is bringing a diminishing of the Demos Elokim and is over in Shvi but it's something that others could do. How do you justify this? It's, it's wild, right? Rambam actually quotes this in Ishus, discusses the behavior of Ben-Azai. Um, there, there's, a, there's obviously a lot here, right? A lot, a lot to discuss. The... the um, the, what resonated with me was his discussion of like this. 
you know, um, he was so preoccupied with Torah, Ben Azai was. Mind you, he was one of the four Shanich Mesulapardes that we read of uh, not long ago. And I think he was the one that lost his mind. I think Ben Zoma died and Ben Azai lost his mind. I think. Maybe it's the other way around. But do you recall? Anyway, I think it was Ben Azai who lost his mind. Maybe a correlation there. Because he was so, you know, engrossed in the Torah at all times. And, um, you know, he wouldn't, he was so consumed with Torah learning, he never would have been, he would have been a terrible husband, right? He never would have been able to, to be able to give any proper attention to anything else, including a wife, right? Having a wife uh, for the, for a regular, what we'll call person, is something that requires some, some attention and emotional attention and physical attention and all of those things, but obviously pays back, you know, many fold in dividends of right all the right all of that relationship brings and um, and even peace of mind and it frees up your mind for learning and you become productive and all of those good things that we associate with the best parts of life, right? That comes from that union, but not for Ben Azai. Ben Azai would have not she would have been miserable and he would have been miserable. He had no headspace for anything other than learning. And therefore, it would have been Tsar Balichayim, so to speak, for, for him and for his wife to have to divert his attention to anything else. That's sort of, that's, ba- that's the basic shot. But um, how that correlates with the Pruravu, right, directive is, is, is a quite a discussion indeed. So that's what, that's what um, the Rambam, uh, when he quotes this, he says, if you're entirely, constantly consumed, then, you know, it, then, then it, you're permitted you're permitted, but um, it's 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 an interesting thing. Okay, so anyway, Tanya, Ida. you know, I guess the bottom line you would say, Barry, is that it's case specific, right? So, uh, but in like nine hundred ninety nine out of a thousand cases, at the very least, it's it's uh, it's applicable that that it's more appropriate to get married. Okay, Tanya Idah, another Bryce of Rebbeleizer Omer. So this is just attributes this second opinion not to Rabbi Yaakov, but to Rabbi Eliezer, or some say Rabbi Kiva. So basically, but it's the same thing. And then it just quotes Benazai and Amrullah Benazai, Yeshna Adarsh, Vichula Vichule, the same exact uh, copy paste, just with a different Manda Amer. Okay. Another bright about. When the Aaron rested, Moshe would say, reside among the what? The Rivos Alpha Yisrael. What's Rivos Alpha Yisrael? As we arrive at Samachal, fascinating application of this Puravu idea, which is that you need to have 22,000, right? Um, like it, like we have in the in the Shevet Levi, by the way. Look at the Chumash, twenty-two thousand, right? Uh, Jews. So Haresha Hayu Yisrael Shnei Alafim Shnei Rivos Chaser Echad V'Zel Asik B'Pir V'Rivia Lo Nimtza Shes Zegar Mashkin Shetistalik Meisrael. Right. In other words, there's a minimum number of people that we need, a threshold whereby which Kadosh uh, Baruch uh, the Shechina rests on us. Well. Everyone has to participate in creating, so to speak, those people. And if one person drops the ball and we end up with 21,999 people 
and then we miss out on the Shechina, that's garmless Shechina Shetistalik. And therefore, the mechanism by which the Shechina is removed is by the abstaining from Puravu, and therefore, that is also, everyone has to chip in when it comes to populating the world with Jews. Now, Ravari uh, Libra, it's a great topic. Every master will point out, well, Shechina Shorabain Shnei Anashim, just you and I learning, Barry. Uh, even if, even, and, and everyone else, please, don't, I, I'm sorry that I'm singling out Barry today. It's just, uh, but, but even if it were just me and Barry learning, it would be Shechina Beinenu, right? That's the mission of us. Um, and so what's this 22,000? And so Rabbi Leibowitz says, yeah, of course, there's different levels. 22,000 is that higher, that higher level, just like, and, and there's every level in between. There's a minion, right? Right, and, uh, when we say in benching, and when we say Kaddish, obviously you need a 10. So there's different levels of, of Shreya but certainly the more people, Barov Am Hadras Melech. So there is that. Okay, so Abachanan Amar Mishum Rabbi Eliezer, Chayav Misa. He's Chayav Misa for not participating in Uvonim Uvonim What's this? This has to do with Nadav and Aviu. Say from Midbar, Hayulahim Bonim Lo Mesu. Maybe you didn't know that. That children do go into the calculus. Well, it's not exactly a chai of Misa. I would have said it differently. I would have said, well, if, if they're single or if they don't have children, so then there's, it goes into the math of whether we're going to kill them off because now you're going to have leave orphans. Maybe that's not fair. Had they had children, maybe they would have survived. But be that as it may, it's being phrased as chiv misa, just to say that it can, right, uh, lead to misa, um, not not having children, and others say that it's again This is when Hashem is speaking to Avram Avinu. He's making the covenant over here, and he's going to say, "I'll be your God," right? But it's predicated on zarachah as the Gemara continues to say, right? If you have kids, so then I'll be with you. I'll be the point. If you have no kids, who am I going to be? Right? Where is going to be the the uh, the Shechina? On what? I mean, what would be the point? I have nobody to be uh, to be shochen on if you don't have kids. And. Right. So, 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 um. That sounds very negative, everything. Right. So, guys, did you hear Barry's question? He's saying how a person who, Nebuch, is struggling to have children, which is one of the uh, biggest challenges, right? You have a Jewish, you have a Jewish community where there's such an emphasis, obviously, as we've just read, on having family and children. And people are, in situations where they can't have children. So clearly, Barry, clearly, without question, this is talking about motivating those who can to, what, what does it say? Osik Bapiri Verivia, right? To be Osik in Piri Verivia, if you can, right? But nobody's held accountable if they tried for the fact that a Kodesh Baruch Hu didn't bless them with children. This is not like the kind of thing that you get punished for not being blessed with children. That in itself, as we've said, is a punishment. Just like uh, Ben Sira said, you know, having a, uh, a lack of shalom bias could be a punishment 
for everything's mida connected mida, uh, but it's not for us to say oh a direct correlation. We we can't see the the plan of Hashem and why some people suffer with uh, the inability to have children, which is one of the most difficult emotional challenges uh, for men and certainly for women in, uh, in in our community. So that is well beyond our uh, ability to be able to explain. But certainly here, we talk about the Chiyav, you're talking about the Chiyav to attempt to have it. Um, you know, this is not saying that if you attempted and then you didn't have children, that you, um, uh, you know, that you do not fulfill the mitzvah of, of, of trying. That the mitzvah, and, and that, that does need to be fleshed out because it transitions to the next Mishnah. The next Mishnah is in fact talking about um, people who are, have difficulty having children and what should you do. Person's married for 20 years. Clearly, biologically, there's a problem. Does that person have a uh, chiyuv to get divorced and marry somebody else in order to be able to accomplish Puravu, you know, that is a serious, serious question, right? So that, that would be like a real serious halachic implication. Bizman hazeh, the poskim say that that's not a thing, as, as far as I know. In other words, not that it's not a thing, the 10 years, bizman hazeh, that we're going to discuss, uh, the 10 year deadline, so to speak, um, you know, that would be an issue for Ksuba, as we'll see, right? That 10 year deadline. To the extent that marriage is for Puravu, does that mean that the marriage, right, uh, that justifies a Gerushin? This is already very, very emotionally serious uh, things and halachic things. But, but, but they're not contemporarily, I don't think. It's, it's, uh, and, we, and we know, we know of cases, uh, I, I know of cases, people who were married for more than 10 years without children and then did have children. Uh, I think Birnbaum was telling me there's a famous Rav, I forgot his name, who had children after some crazy amount of time, like 30 years, you know, really, uh, you know, a real miracle. Um, anyway, I guess we could talk about this all day. I mean, there's so many things, if you can imagine it, it's going on in the community, but be, suffice to say, for our purposes, attempting to have children is the mitzvah, but there is a shear. That's where it gets, there is technically a, a machlokus as to whether, as we've said, as to whether it's two sons, like Moshe Rabbeinu had, or a son and a daughter, Right, in order to procreate, like Adam and Chava. So, which is, you know, there is a shear, and you have to fulfill the mitzvah with a minimum shear, and then once you fulfill that minimum shear, but this, our Gemara's seem to be implying to, once you've already fulfilled the mitzvah, you have to still continue to be oisik b'peri v'rivya. You know, what, what, what about, right, so, so how does that relate to situations where it's clear that children are not gonna come out of this union, is a different uh, Shaila. But you bring up a very, very good point. It must be very, very difficult indeed for people who are suffering um, the challenge of not being able to, to have children and read these Gemaras, but they're well aware of the primacy that having children it has in the Jewish community. May we, when we zochet to see simchas for all of Kal Yisrael. Okay, so the Mishnah continues saying, Nasa Isha, man married a woman, Vesha ima esa shanim. So he's with her for 10 years. She doesn't have children. So what that means is he has not, who gives him the right to be mevatel what? The mitzvah of Puravu. Rashi, first Rashi in Samach Ima. You know, do one of the aforementioned uh, ideas of basically getting someone else in there. You know, Avram Avinu did it. As we'll see, the Avos were barren. We're going to get into that. 
Gersha, then if he divorces her, then the question is, does she have a right to even marry somebody else with the knowledge, or at least, uh, let's say she doesn't know. Says Rashi, Unbelievable. Rashi's saying, what's the idea? Maybe the reason why the first one didn't have children with her was again, everything is baked into the Midah Kedeket Midah of the world. Maybe he didn't have Tzchuyos, and that's why. So I would ask you, what if we know already? She had a hysterectomy, a medical procedure when she was a child. So what does that mean? She's not allowed to get married? So again, modern halacha, I don't think would ever say that. But the point is here, this is definitely a question, would she be muttered to marry somebody when you know? Now again, and, and, that, and, the, and the issue is, does that apply, right? That would be an interesting halachic question. Would a person, would a man who was already previously married and fulfilled the mitzvah of Puravu, right? Would that person be allowed to marry a woman who he knows can't have children? So I think the, the answer is yes, but the, but the question is, right, uh, still, it's, uh, it's the, the, these are the topics over here. Um, so again, over here, this presumably, in this case, of course, we're talking about even if, uh, the, assuming we don't know for sure that she's sterile, and we can attribute maybe it to, to the mazel or to the schuyos of the first man. So the second man, even if he did not fulfill Purimvu yet, he'd be mutter to marry her. And then he, he starts the clock over at 10 years, right? And he could also stay with her for 10 years. Then this question of miscarriage is a whole other thing. In other words, it's two things. Can she conceive and can she have viable children? So let's say they, didn't, they couldn't have children. This happens all the time, actually. The two seem to correlate biologically a lot. So a woman can't conceive. She conceives uh, eight years into the marriage. And Rahman she has uh, she has a miscarriage. Well, so you don't say that at that point you... So at that point you start the count over. That's what happens at that point, right? So Tanar Bonham, right? Because she, obviously she can conceive, but she can, but now there's a different things. Tanar Bonham says the Right? 10 years they're married, no children. He has to give her ksuba and, and, and marry someone else. Right? Now, if we knew that it was her, so to speak, uh, fault, so then maybe you wouldn't have to give her the, uh, the ksuba. But here, he has to, uh, he can't assume that. Maybe it was because of him. How do we know? We have no proof to this 10 year limit. Where's this 10 year limit coming from? Because it says, Right? It says, um, in, in Safer Bracious, that after 10 years of living in Canaan, what's living in Canaan have to do with it? So let's learn a second thing from here. That all the years that Avram Vino lived in Padanaram, it didn't matter, right? They were living there for years and years. But he did not have to take in Hagar until he was in Eretz Yisrael for 10 years. Why? Because living in Eretz Yisrael is a lot less stressful. Living in Chutzlar, it's, it's very stressful. And maybe that's why they couldn't have kids. It has nothing to do with their physical ability to procreate. That's one shot, okay? So, or another shot, you would say it's the schuyos, right? Until, until you have the schus of living in Eretz Yisrael, then, then it's no wonder that you didn't have kids. It's only when, right? Because you didn't have kids before because you simply were not, were living in Chutzlar, and you did not merit to have kids by virtue of live, not living in Israel, okay? That 
For that reason, if one of them is temporarily ill, either him or her, or they're both in jail, we're not going to count that in the 10 years. The 10 years is not just like, uh, well, one could argue that the 10 years is not a biological thing. This makes it sound like it is some sort of physical thing. In other words, if they were for whatever reason, right? So that's interesting, right? Let's say a guy goes on a business trip and he's away the first eight years of their marriage. Or Rabbi Akiva goes to yeshiva, right? And he's away for 24 years, right? Or 12 years, 24 years. And so, uh, not coincidence. So he's away for 24 years. Uh, they don't have kids during those 24 years. He doesn't have to divorce, so they weren't even together. Okay. So I'm going to say, Rav Nachman, mi Yitzchak. Let's learn instead from Yitzchak Avinu. Well, he was 40 years when he took Rivka. When were the twins born, Esav and Yaakov? They were born when they were 20 years later, after the marriage. So, why didn't Yitzchak divorce Rivka? Well, the Gemara, and he never even took a second wife, so the Gemara says, and, that, and as we know, Yitzchak never left Eretz Yisrael. So, what's going on? So, Yitzchak Akurharya. So, if Nachman said, because he knew, again, he knew that he was sterile. Again, if you know you're sterile, that, you have no right to divorce, to divorce her. As Rashi says, uh, Later we're going to learn um, that he was in fact sterile. So therefore, once he was sterile, you're not, you don't have, that doesn't give you the right. So, you may not have known this. The others were sterile. Right, in other words, if, if Avram Vino was sterile, it has nothing to do with Chutzlar, it's, it's a Sral, 10 years, none of that is relevant. So what, what are we talking about? Well, it says like this. First of all, Why are we counting the, the, the years of Ishmael in Torah and saying how old he was at any point, right? That the, and when he died, it says that he died at... The astronaut Shalshim Shana Vashev Shanim at 137 years old, who cares? Right? Because we have to calculate how old Yaakov was at every stage. So now we from that we could prove that Yitzchak was, right? And, 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 why, and that enabled us to understand how old he was at, at every point. So Hashem, he did what? He davened, as the Pasuk says. Uh, opposite his wife, but it doesn't say al ishto It doesn't say they davened for his wife as if she was the one that was barren. El he near his wife was he was davening. And from that lenochach ishto, that use of the word lenochach instead of right al ishto that he davened for her, that is an inference to that. From that you can infer that they were both barren. Oh, so they were both barren. Wait a minute. But then the Pasuk says, that Hashem answered Yitzchak. So the Gemara asks, what does it mean that he answered him? It makes it sound like he was the one that was barren. Why did it say that he answered him? No, 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 no. In other words, says the Gemara. It should have said that he answered both of them. And if in fact both of them were barren, so then by Hashem answering their prayers, he was answering both of them. Okay? So, um, right, so, Again, we already know that, and again, going back to calculating everyone's years, we already know the 60, that Yitzchak was 60 years old when, he was born, when, when uh, the twins were born. And so the question is, why is the Pasuk 
can uh, go on and say it explicitly. We already were able to figure it out from the years of Ishmael. The Pasuk says explicitly to talk about this concept of the fact that the, that the, in fact, they were barren, the Avos. Anyways, they were both barren, the Avos. So why was Sevi Yater lo? So says the Gemara, if Tzadik ben Tzadik, Tzadik ben Russia. Right? That Yitzchak was a Tzadik ben Tzadik, right? His father was Avraham. Rivka was a Tzadikis past Russia. Her father was the wicked Suel who had all kinds of idols. And therefore, they were, in fact, answered and to teach you this idea that Tzadik ben Tzadik, the Benyo Yada says here, article quotes, that's specifically with children. Why children? Because then you're continuing a lineage of said Tzadik or Russia. And therefore, it's specifically applicable to the children. In other words, you can't say, right, we already know that the Bamakam She, right, Balei Tshuva Omdim, Tzadikim Einan Yecholam Lamod. The Tefillah of a Tzadik ben Russia certainly is very, 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 very powerful. Elamai, the Tefillah of a Tzadik ben Russia, with regards specifically to children, is not going to be as potent because that's going to be the Russia's lineage as well. Okay? That's what Ben Yoyana says. Be that as it may, um, and that, that Rashi quotes, right? Rashi quotes this Gemara where it says, Vayatar lo. Okay. So Rabbi Yitzchak, you have a saying to Akurim. And Rabbi Yitzchak asked, why were they all barren? craves their tefillos. Sometimes we never, like we said, the Cheshbonos, sometimes there's trouble in order to in order to inspire the tefillos, and therefore we learn from those tefillos. And we see the miraculous effect of those tefillos. The Avos struggled mightily to have children, and in the end they did. Why does it compare to pitchfork? Just like a pitchfork turns over the hay, so too the tefillah of tzaddikin turns over, so to speak, from, from din, or ragzus, to rachmanus, it could turn one's fate, with, with tefillah, anything is possible. This Rashi doesn't quote in Chumash. Can you imagine being eight years old, learning this? They were what? Tumtumim means they are covered, they basically are infertile, Something is there. They they don't have reproductive organs. That you may not have learned in second grade. Shneamar. So where do we learn this? As we turn to Samachdal Amud Beis Habitu El Tzur Chutzav Tem BeEl Makevus Bor Nukartem. Okay, what's this? So this is talking about. This is in Ishaya. You should look at where you were hewn the Tzur right. And the hollow pit from which you were dug. So, it, so the tzur is avram avichem, and the bor is sar tcholochem, which is to say, right, the tzur is sort of like the male, right, uh, protrusion, and the pit is like the female, right, like us, like the socket, and one is avram and one is sar, which is to say, initially they didn't have, they were just both perfectly smooth biologically. And then Avram was like, had miraculously male fashioned and Sarah female fashioned. And it was a bigger miracle that they had children than you had realized that they had been tumtumim, like sort of organless. And then they actually, the organ um, came to be afterwards. Whoa. Okay. 
Amar of Nachman, Amar Rabba Barbua, sorry, meaning islandess Haisa. She was a different kind of baron. She's what we call an islandess, which we, you know, we're in, say, the Nushim. We're going to get to many, many cases. But basically, physically incapable of having children. Shanem Arvati Sarai Akara, Ain Lavlad, right? She was barren. She had no child. Well, if she was barren, certainly she was not going to have a child. Why the redundancy? Because Afilu Base Vlad Ain La, right? Not only did she have no children, but she had no uterus, right? She had no way of having children. That is what the Pasuk means with that redundancy. Fine. So now six lines down. On Samachdadon Beis. Amar What's his 10 year limit? So now that we have some Achloksin about whether that applies to all ages, we're going to say in the end that it does. But here we're kicking this around. Maybe it's prorated, right? When you live like, when you live like the old biblical dudes for like 650 years, maybe that's when it's 10 years. But once you get to lifespans that we're more familiar with, maybe it should be two and a half years. Because if you have three full pregnancies, plus three months, by the way, because nine times three is 27, which is really 24 and three months. You add another three months, you get, you get um, right, two and a half years. Maybe it should be three years. Don't forget. Pakad, right? The lashon of Pakad, right? That right? Hashem remembers us once a year. So once he remembers us once a year, so then that is zichronos, and maybe we should be given three opportunities to be remembered as such. That's when uh, that's when on Rosh Hashanah, Sarah and Rachel were heard. So Amarabba, listen to Lahani Klali. These general are, ideas are not recognized, and it's ten years today, just like it was then. Mechdin, and how? Masnisin man talking. Well, just look to see who taught our mission of the ten years. Rabbi, right? Rabbi Rabbi Anasi was the right editor of the mission of Abi Me David and already prior to Rabbi in the days of David Melech, right? The the years were already. Lifespans like we know now. How do we know? Because it says in Tehillim that David wrote, The lifespan is 70 years. Tosfa says, wait a minute. Yeah, that was, that was Tefillah Moshe. That was supposed to be going back even further. So it's not really. So he says, yeah, still. David, right? Okay. Be that as it may, it's not, uh, it's, it's, all of this happened before Rebbe, and therefore Rebbe, when he said 10 years, he was presumably referring to any lifespan, including our more current lifespan expectancy. Okay, fine. So now let's talk about, you, there's Rahman Atzlan, no children, there's infertility, and you have to pay her ksuba, right? The husband doesn't know whether it's for his chus or not, so he has to pay the ksuba. He can't just say, oh, you never bore me children, therefore you don't you, you merit a ksuba, Okay, but the, the, that says the Gemara, Shema Mena, right? So he says that is because maybe it was his fault, but maybe it was her fault, so to speak. So, well, it doesn't work that way. She doesn't have the obligation of Purvu. And therefore, in other words, even, even if she wasn't Zocha, the idea is if you're not Zocha, then you don't get the Schus. But the schus of the mitzvah would never apply to her because she never had the mitzvah in the first place. Okay, that's what the Gemara says. Okay, now, 
Fine. So what about having to remarry if you didn't have the children? So the Gemara says, Aini, is that really true? The rabbis once told him, marry a wife and have kids. He says, if I had this chus, I would have already had children with my first wife. In other words, he was married for many, many years, more than 10 years. So they were trying to encourage him to remarry. And he said, nah, I'm, I wasn't Zaycha. So Kamara says, so, so that's a kasha, because it sounds like it's connected to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah is encouraging him to remarry. So why is he not doing it? So Kamara says, Yeah, he was just trying to push it off. You know, like when you have somebody uh, in Shiduchim and everyone's hocking him up. You know, his friend has a vart. It's a new When is it your turn? So he says, yeah, and he says something just to kind of get him off his back. Why was he trying to get him off his back? He was sterile. He knew that he couldn't have children. So he's just kind of trying to get him off his back. But that's why he didn't bother remarrying. Why did, why did he know that he was sterile? He couldn't have children? Because he was in a fam- involved in a famous incident. What was the incident? Ravuna's shear, the famous shear. Ravuna had 60 guys in his shear. They were so engrossed in the Torah study of the shear that none of them noticed that they were holding in their needs to go to the bathroom so extremely that they all became sterile, except for one student, as we will now read, as follows. Rav Gidol, Rav Gidol himself became sterile from that famous year. Rav Chelbo, also, Rav Right, the roster of all these famous Rabbanim, hopefully most of them had kids already, but the point is, after that year, none of them could have kids anymore. Rachab Yaakov was in fact afflicted with this, as we'll see, he was also at that year. And this condition is called Susknisa, Suskinsa. And they had a remedy for him. What was the remedy? Tell you Rav, hang him from a cedar, wood, yarka, and the green issues from him colored like a green branches of a palm tree. It was like passing a kidney stone berry. Okay? And sure enough he was saved. So Amr Vachab Yaakov, Shitin Save Havina. Yeah, we were sixty guys in that shear. Everyone became sterile from that whole shear, from from sitting there for I don't know how many days it was. I don't know what went on there. The kami benafshay, but I myself, I was mekayim the idea of hachachma techayeh baleo that wisdom preserves he who has it. That's a pasuk from Shlomo Melech, the wise one from Kohelas, that the wisdom preserves. He had the wisdom. What was his wisdom? Yeah, sometimes it pays to to have extra wisdom to know stuff. He knew the remedy for this condition. And so the remedy was to hang upside down from a cedar wood, bada bing, bada boom. He was able to remedy it and continue on with his life, not sterile. Ten lines down in the wide lines, two dots. Girshim Uteris. If he, if he divorced her, they're permitted to remain with the second one for ten years, right, with the second wife. Wait a minute. Shani in, shlishi lo. Sounds like only the second, right? In other words, a person who can't have children for ten years. And then... If the wife, again, just to clarify, a woman is married for 10 years, no children. Then she marries another man for 10 years, no children. Can a third man, is he allowed to marry her or does he have to suspect that he won't have children and therefore by marrying her, he's in a sense being levata the mitzvah for Well, at what point does it become a chazaka marriage? So, masnisin money. Our mission implies that the chazaka is already established by the second time and the third, you're not going to risk the third strikeout. So that's like Rebbe. Why? The Tanya, right? There's a machlokas with regards to a different context. Bris Mila. 
that once two boys within the same family die as a consequence of Mila, you already don't do the bris Mila on the third. So therefore, the Chazaka is established by the two times. Rebbe. That's like our Mishnah. Where's the Shimon Gamliel? Shlishi Tamil or Vilo Tamil. How many times do you need? Three strikes and you're out. Not two strikes. You can go into the batter's box for the third time. And after that, if you strike out, so then the fourth time you don't try. We do have a Bryce that says the opposite. Shimon Gamliel was the two times and Rebbe was a three. So So when you have conflicting prices, what do you do? You check to see which one was taught later. And therefore, the later Bryce is typically considered more edited and more authoritative. Okay, so let's see. How do we know? Now we're going to have a story. Whenever you have the Maisa Shahaya, the Maisa Shahaya is usually authoritative. So now we're going to see, is this Chazaka after two or three times? So what happened in Tzipori? There are four sisters. Malari, Shana, Meis, Shniyo, Meis, Shlishis, Meis, Reviz. Okay, so three times. Now these were three sisters, which is going to become significant. Each one, when they had a bris mila, the child didn't survive it. So now by the fourth time, they went to Rav Shimon Gamliel, he said by the fourth time, don't do this circumcision. Now, this is Rav Shimon Gamliel, and we see... From here, maybe that shows you that he holds that three times, but says the Gemara. Yeah, that just happens to be, that was the story in Tzipori, that they did the bris mila a third time. Maybe had they only done the bris, maybe if they had posed the shaila after the second time, maybe Rishim and Gamliel would have in fact already then told them. Therefore, the story is not authoritative as to what Rishim and Gamliel holds vis-a-vis Rebbe, because in this story, the Maisa Shahaya, they only went to ask him after the third bris. So says the Gemara, Im Kain, Maya Sedusa Dribhiya Baraba. Well, if that was true, if they had gone, if they had done five bris milas and all of them died, so then what would be the point of this testimony? There would be a useless story. You would learn nothing from it. Says the Gemara, no. Yeah, you learned something very unusual from it. That it wasn't even the same family. It was, I mean, it was the same family, but it wasn't the same mother. It was four different sisters, and that still counted as a chazaka. That's a big chiddush indeed. So the Gemara, So now that you say that multiple sisters, right, one after the other, had bris mila, that where the child died, so maybe you should apply that in other cases. Let's say you have a family, everyone seems to have some sort of malady, epilepsy or whatever it is. Maybe you shouldn't marry into that family, uh, be, lest, right, you see it in some of the sisters, lest it would apply to you as well. However, that kind of chazaka, for that you need three, okay? So now let's go back to the question of the bryson. My havi Allah, so what did we say in the end? Who holds what? Well, there was an incident with three sisters in the shul. What was the incident? In Ma'on, in the place called Ma'on. Again, sisters. rather. There were two sisters only. And then the third one, came to Rabbi How do you like that? Rabbi Yochanan said, it was only two occurrences, you can go and do the third. Wow. So apparently, he held that Rabbi Shim Gamliel uh, only had it on three, and it sounds like a proof that the, that, that the, uh, as to only after two. So Wait a minute. This testimony, you're going to bring a kid into danger? You're playing with fire. 
Are you willing to like literally risk your life on this? Sure, sure enough, Abaye said this report of Yitzchak by Yosef, and he went and married Choma, and Abaye himself. What happened with Choma? What was wrong with her? Well, she was born to the Isi Breder of Yitzchak, Breder of Yehuda. She was the granddaughter of Rabbi Yehuda, the daughter of Isi Breder of Yitzchak. Uh, so the great granddaughter of Rabbi Yehuda. She married a guy called Pumbadisa and he died. Then Rabbi Yitzchak buried the Rabbi Baruchana Veshachiv. Then she married Rabbi Yitzchak and he died. And then Abaye married her. Veshachiv. Sure enough, Abaye died. Was there anybody who, who was much in Efesh? And he himself said, So we'll get, we'll pick up here tomorrow. We are approximately 10 lines up from the bottom of Samech Dalad Ahmed Bey's.